Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. And today we're going to be doing a preview of a show that's coming up soon. And it's called The Roundest Circle. And it's part of the Theatre Works program, which really um, promotes independent artists and looks at sort of new approaches to theatre and dance making. So this work is uh, led by Ankaya, and in the studio today we have Kaya and also Felicia Lim that are going to be talking about this work. And so perhaps we can just start by letting us know when it's on. It's on next Thursday and Friday, 27th and 28th July. What time? 8 o'clock. And where? Theatre Works, 7213 Mohammed Sultan Road. Okay, so um, we were talking a little bit earlier about your working together with Felicia and also uh, Fei Lim is also in this work. And what's most interesting about it in a way, it sort of encapsulates a democratic process of working in the ultimate sense that there's nobody, there's nobody actually leading it. So perhaps you can tell us a little bit about how it's moving along. Well, I think if Fei were here, she would say that we do lead it. We just take turns to lead it. So there's always a leader. And then we have different ways of leading. So we just take turns. We have a roster and then people take turns to lead rehearsal. And for example, today before we came, Felicia was leading rehearsal. I see. So you actually have a program worked out, which it's not a random improvised way of working. Okay. So Felicia, when you're leading, what are you looking at? Actually, usually I don't have a very set to-do list. I know some of them do, but I tend to also improvise my way through the rehearsals. But that might also seem that I'm unprepared. So sometimes I have that um, feeling of unpreparedness, but then I'm trying to... I have this thing that I'm interested in working. It's like, how do I follow to lead? Okay, and Kai, what about you when you're, it's your turn, what sorts of things are you looking at? I'm probably the bossiest of the three and I I make a new draft of the show and force it down their throats. <laughs> so given that nobody's seen the show and the listeners are wondering how this works, so what sort of material are you working with? Is it a provocative way of creating ideas? Is it a thematic material, movement material? What are you? What are you working with? In the beginning, when we first started meeting in January, we were allowed to bring in whatever we were interested in personally. So I remember Felicia brought in dancing together. And then after that, I brought in dancing alone. And different things like Faye brought in something about developmental movement patterns. And then I brought in something about Chinese whispers, like passing the message. So we were just doing really random things that we individually brought in. And then after a few of those sessions, we hunkered down and tried to see what we could fish up. But, you know, we didn't really have a group fishing out of material because you could do it yourself when it was your day. And that just continued. Okay, so as you, you, you said, you're probably bossier. So as the work progresses, how personality-driven is it? Do you start with an open concept and then you move through various stages? Do you find that there's patterns that emerge in how people are working and what you start to emphasise and what you sort of let go? For me, I found it actually okay because of our different personalities. I think like it came together. And I was interested in how other people were working as well. 
and taking like what they were working and then incorporating it in my own work or practice. Okay, Kai, what about you? Yeah, I, I definitely think that the work is personality driven in the sense that we are allowed to express our own personalities throughout the whole rehearsal process. So what comes out in the performance also expresses our personalities just in a very organic way. And also one thing I thought was interesting is that even though I'm bossiest by personality, I don't always get my way because the others kind of understand that I'm just always bossy like that. So everything I say becomes a bit less important. Whereas if Felicia is less outspoken, like she listens more, she thinks more, then when she does say something, Faye and I just, we stop talking and we listen to her. And, she, and what she says becomes a lot more important when she does say it. Okay, so as uh, the show's a week away almost, um, how do you think this is going to converge? When are you going to stop the each person driving a day and all come together and say, okay, well, we've got this material. How's it going to converge? How are we going to synthesise what we've got into a public event? Right now, we're still taking turns. It's one week from the show. And when do we stop taking turns? I'm not sure, but I think when we take turns, we take into consideration what the other person has proposed. Okay, so is the audience a player in this? Do you see that this process could just continue forever without an audience, for example? Is the audience some point where you feel that there has to be some sort of stopping point, for example, where you're going to be showing the audience what your process is and what you've arrived at? I definitely think we need audience to provide a sense of reason and urgency for why we have to make decisions. Otherwise, we don't make any decisions. So, <laughs> so that's the reason why we debate and, and fight for what we think is the best decision because a decision has to be made. If there's no consequence of not making decisions, then this process won't be fun. Okay, I think this is a very interesting conceptual idea to making a dance work. And uh, I'm just going to go back to your background for a little while, which was in science. So how do you think the process of research in science, for example, might compare or differentiate from this creative process in making a dance work? I think that what I did in science has nothing to do at all with what I do in artistic practice now, but that's speaking from my personal views and I'm in it myself, so maybe somebody else can say better. I think Kai is very meticulous. Like She writes down everything after rehearsals. Like she tends to be very precise in what she writes, like even the most little details which is actually quite hard for me to do because I tend to be all over the place. And what about Faye? I mean, you're because you're working with her, even though she's not here to speak for herself, you're part of her process as well. So what does she bring to the piece? Faye, for me, is the best facilitator amongst us. She's able to draw out from each of us what is important to each of us and make it heard in the group. Would you say that anyone's a provocateur, for example, that puts out ideas that are really perhaps radical that might change the direction of the piece dramatically as it goes along? There has been one idea I've had that would change the show quite a lot and I've been putting it out a few times and testing the waters and I'm getting the sense that it's not being accepted. What is that idea? Well, I wanted to radically change the order of the things we do. But actually today I realised that my 
radical idea isn't that good. And I discovered it by myself after waiting a while. So I think without working in a group, I would have just pushed it through. And if I was leader, I would have just made people change everything and then change it back when I find out it doesn't work. <laughs> but yeah, in this group, we didn't do that. Do you think you'd be able to have this open democratic process if you hadn't organised each person having a day? Do you think eventually a group would have, a leader would have emerged that would have taken over the process? Were you aware of that when you set up your framework? For me, the framework is very important to make sure that that doesn't happen. And um, in previous projects where I've desired to work collaboratively, I've said, let's collaborate and be collaborative and I'm not going to lead but it doesn't happen that way by itself. And then there are assumptions and there's unhappiness sometimes and it's unclear what roles you have. And I think this system of taking turns arose from my previous experiences of not successfully being a director and not successfully being a collaborator. Okay, I think this is a very interesting aspect of human nature, which probably affects the arts today. And I think in Singapore, we're at a crossroads where we have a large independent movement of artists emerging and collectives and people that want to collaborate. But I think that to really be clear what collaboration actually is, how it works, and one way you've made it work is to have a framework. But uh, if you're just relying on people's individuality, like, for example, this piece, you will get to a point, whether it's one day before or one hour before the show, where there will have to be some convergence and emergence of what's going to happen because you've got an audience coming in, they're there. So who do you think at that point will take over? Do you think the three of you will still be able to maintain your own individuality at that point? I think yes, because I don't think the work is set in a sense that it can change. Yeah, the choreography itself does not demand for us to be the same. We can actually execute the show with our personalities the way we are. And if one of us would get sick and have to be replaced by someone else, the show would fail. So actually, the show also depends on us being ourselves. Okay, so in terms of the audience and how this is going to be a public event. Is there any special configuration you've got with the audience? For example, are you going to be starting outside with them or they're going to be sitting in a conventional black box or is there something that you've thought about with the audience participation as well? I think we wanted at first a four-sided arrangement but that didn't quite work out with the space. So then we um, we are doing right now three-sided it was quite straightforward choice to try and get more of a feeling of including people just by having them in the round, but not to the extent of like asking them to participate. Why not? Do you, do you think this doesn't work particularly for this work that you're doing now? Or is it something that you've thought about that you don't really want to consider as a performer? I'm thinking about our process now. I remember saying in the group that I would be interested in like, the whole show being a kind of participatory game for audiences. But neither Faye nor Felicia were so into it. And what happened was just a natural confluence. We kind of find the overlapping areas of interest amongst the three of us. And what was overlapping didn't include my interest in that. So that was dropped out. And Faye had interest in like talking about politics and dance in the wider society. Does dance have impact on society? And only she wanted to do that. So that didn't happen either. 
So this is interesting to me now because I haven't seen the work as many of our listeners haven't seen it either. So we're trying to imagine what's going on. So we've got this sense of everybody has their day. So when people have their day, they don't necessarily dictate what the whole show is going to be. Like you just gave an example, somebody wanted to do something and the others didn't agree. So even if it's that person's day, you can still all say, no, we don't want to do that. Is that how does that work? Um, so actually, there's a leader or a director and this director can make a decision whether she would like to take on the opinions or just do it as she wants to. Yes, so according to this system, what could happen could be that First day I come in, I say, we're making a participatory game. Faye says, no, we're making a piece about dance and society. And Felicia says, no, we are doing dance improvisation. So then on my turn, I can say, sorry, Felicia and Faye, I'm overriding both of you and we're going back to participatory game. I could do that, but I think at the back of our minds, all three of us know that there's no point in just not helping the group to progress. So even... If I can't get my favourite idea, my favourite idea becomes less favourite once I realise the others don't like it. So in a sense, my favourite idea is the idea that I like that the others also like. Then I feel like that becomes my favourite idea in the group. Do you think that's because you've come about through working together? For example, if a new person suddenly came in, do you think that would shift the dynamics with that? Uh, do you think your decision makings become so consensual now? because you've worked together over time and you almost understand the direction people would like to go in. Regarding whether a new person would change the dynamic, for sure they would. But I think the system itself would assure the fourth person that they would get a turn to lead, they would get their voice heard. And that assurance in itself tends to calm people down. So if they felt threatened by other people's suggestions, the level of threat goes down when they understand that they have their turn to to act. So I think just reducing that feeling of not being able to have your say helps people to become more cooperative. Okay, so when did you set up this framework? What made you think that this is what you wanted to try as a choreographic process? I mean, have you, has anyone of you done it before? Or? So I did a project with Faye last year and we took turns. And then I did something with Chong Guaki and we also took turns to lead rehearsal. And I've done like a, a workshop circle with three people where we took turns to give workshops to each other. So for me, it's a repeating motive now. And it arose out of collaborations where there weren't structures like that. And I got very emotionally involved in like wanting my way, but caring for the person, not wanting to destroy the friendship. And then the friendship being very important, but the artistic decisions also being very important. So all that was very difficult. And I didn't want to risk losing friends for art. So I think I accidentally found this turn-taking thing to be useful and then I continued doing it. So I think it's interesting. I mean, throughout dance history, there have been many people work with conceptual choreographic ideas, a lot of people know most Cunningham who used chance to decide which directions things went in, but uh, which is perhaps the opposite of a, a conventional choreographic role where somebody will come in and work with a company to create a work in a very short space of time and the dancers give their 
bodies and their emotion and spirit to somebody else's work. And that's uh, the opposite of what you're doing, perhaps. So have you been in works where your body and somebody choreographs and you're happy doing that or you find that you're not happy doing that? I have been in those situations, um, knowing full well that that would be the working method and I've been okay with it. Yeah, I think I'm more accustomed to those working methods than this current system of collaboration. I find it challenging for me. Um, I think because I tend to be a slower thinker, so to process things, like sometimes the turn-taking happens too fast and then I tend to process a bit slower. And how is it... Um, do you find in this process uh, it's physical, like are people leading through physical improvisation or is it much more conceptual? It's different how different people design things to happen on stage and maybe I can speak about Faye because she isn't here. <laughs> but um, one thing that I found was interesting was this thing that I noticed that Faye was doing a few times where she would apply that to performance making, but not necessarily to her dancing. So if we were to say, do a solo, just dance, then all of us are automatically going into our bodies and sensing our bodies. And then we make decisions for the movement based on muscle memory and based on what feels logical inside our bodies. But when it comes to making performance, that's how I make performance. I sense the performance and then I feel what's logical for the next thing in the performance. But that's not how Faye makes performance. So when Faye comes to making performance, she would have something external to the performance, like blue or like the sea or, <laughs> or like a, a story of an elephant that goes to find water. Like there would be something external to it and then that would be transposed onto the performance in some way. And that transposition is what's juicy for her. It's what's interesting. How do you do that transposition? What methods can you use? So one example I can think of was when she made us do a piece of writing and told us that we should be careful where we put our punctuation marks. I thought it was a joke. I thought that it was like a little joke about how meticulous she was. But it wasn't a joke because she wanted us to later translate that into a choreography and the punctuation marks would be where we would put some accents in the choreography. And that was not how I anticipated the day to go. So, <laughs> so that was the, like a very clear example for me when she had something external and then turned it into choreography. And she did that a few times. Can I just ask you also, are there other collaborators like lighting designers, costume designers, sound designers? Uh, are you working with anybody else to make this piece happen? Yes, we have a lighting designer, Stella Chung. So how are they working with you? Do they have a day where they say what they want to do? I wish that they could have that, but we didn't design that into our project and then now Stella is coming in quite late into the process and if, for me it's very difficult to work like that where, where it's kind of a separate layer. It's not part of our piece. It's on top of our piece. So. so who's driving what she does? I mean, are you giving directions or she's observing and making her own decisions? 
she can observe and propose and then we get to say yes or no. And I feel that it's very uncomfortable for me that we get to just look at what she has. She spends hours making something. We get to just look at it and say, no, sorry. It doesn't so work. the collaboration stops at that point yes. in a sense, yes. So I think we'll stop there because it's been really fascinating to really go through this creative process of what you're doing for the roundest circle. And um, so... Thanks for coming in, both of you, Felicia and Kai, and perhaps you can just finish off by telling us again the venue and the date for the show and people have to buy tickets today or? Yes, you have to email. I think we have a blog as well. It's called theroundestcircle2017.wordpress.com. There are details there where you can email to get your tickets. Yep, and the show is 27th and 28th July at Theatre Works Singapore. Okay, thanks. Well, let's hope lots of people can go along and see it because it's a fascinating process and thanks for being part of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.